Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. We've got all of your entertainment and pop culture content in one place. Coming to you today on this Thursday, it's Bachelor Rush Hour. It's 420, everybody. Oh, the old holiday of the devil's lettuce. That's right. 420. We'll get into the history of 420. Should we start off with that? we get to some other news. How about we barrel through some uh, non-pop culture news? BuzzFeed News will shut down. All right. Pour one out for BuzzFeed News here. Uh, BuzzFeed News, the Pulitzer Prize-winning digital news website that took the internet by storm roughly a decade ago and inspired jealousy from legacy media organizations will shudder, BuzzFeed Chief Executive Jonah Peretti announced Thursday. Oh, what a nice little fluff piece that is. No one remembers BuzzFeed the way I do, uh, which was plagiarizing tens of thousands of articles from other people before giving them credit and then uh, getting corporate backing and pretending to whitewash the fact that they were operating a, a giant plagiarism uh, platform. So either way, maybe they still want a Pulitzer, but I remember your history, BuzzFeed. Uh, ten different articles. You know, t- Which type of giraffe are you? You know, whatever stupid playlist they have. Okay, folks, so they're not doing too well. TMZ's got an article here. My, my Pillow's Mike Lindell company order to shell out $5 million after bold election fraud challenge. So Mike uh, Lindell, uh, <laughs> he said, if anyone can prove that I'm wrong, I'll give you $5 million. And then a scientist immediately proves that he's wrong. And now they're actually forcing him to pay up the bill. How funny. This is uh, capitalism, baby. And in other Vanderpump news, we've got Sheena Shea breaking down her altercation with Raquel Levis over Tom Sandoval cheating scandal. Addresses Brock Davies hookup rumors. So a lot to get into here. Let's go to our good friend of the show, Christina Garibaldi, and hear what she has to say about the matter. Down her infamous altercation with Raquel Levis and also address those rumors that her husband, Brock Davies, hooked up with Raquel before she had her affair with Tom Sandoval. We've got all the details in today's Us Daily. The reality star broke down her confrontation with Raquel during an appearance on Watch What Happens Live. I did not punch her in the face. As you see, I can't really form a proper fist. Okay. But you asked, did she physically assault her? That's, I'm, I'm sorry to put you on the hot seat. There's, there's other ways Look, to physically assault. There's knees. There's a shove and there's a punch and I did not punch her. Okay. You shoved her. Did you throw her phone? Yes, I did. The friendship. <laughs> she goes, I didn't punch her. I just, uh, you know, pushed her down a flight of stairs or whatever. All right. So either way, if you don't follow Vanderpump News, it's just absolutely wild what's going on out there. We've got so much to talk about regarding Vanderpump. I do want to give a shout out to Up and Adam, the fantastic YouTube channel that covers all things Bravo content. I went on their live stream this morning and had a fantastic conversation with them regarding uh, regarding this uh, Sandoval scandal. Uh, they call it the Scandoval, which is a scandal because of Tom Sandoval cheating on his longtime girlfriend Ariana with Raquel, another cast member. Raquel also was good friends with Ariana, so it was a out there and as I said on Up and Adam I'm like 
a, uh, a, a kid who transferred to a new school and I'm trying to remember everyone's names because it's an absolute wild story. I'll give you guys a quick recap of last night's episode. Uh, it started with Sandoval defending his friend Tom Schwartz who made out with Raquel. Uh, this is going to make no sense if you don't follow the show. Uh, but uh, Schwartz made out with Raquel in front of everyone at a wedding and Katie found out. Katie, of course, was uh, married to Schwartz. They broke up, but they said, we're going to stay friends, but let's not hook up with anyone within our friend community. And then Katie ends up calling Raquel a whore. Tom Schwartz gives Raquel a high five the first time that they see each other. Yeah, you never want to hook up with someone and then get a high five after. That's not a good sign. Says he doesn't want a relationship and Raquel sits between the Toms. Raquel finds out from Sandoval that Katie calls her a whore and says she doesn't want to be slut-shamed for a makeout. And then Sandoval tells Raquel uh, that doesn't have a bad... Uh, he, uh, Sandoval says that Raquel doesn't have a bad bone in her body. And my thought was, yeah, until Sandoval put his bad bone in her body. Katie reveals she's bringing Satchel to Lala's birthday. Uh, that's a new character. It's just some random guy. Lisa's pet pony died. Oh, this is just a wild story, folks. Look, you know what? Do we even want to cover the rest of this? I'll, I'll give you another, I'll give you another page or so, but um, it was just a wild dumpster fire of an episode. Episode. Tom Schwartz calls out Tom Sandoval for huffing and puffing and complaining about getting their restaurant opening but not working, you know, because they're trying to open this restaurant because Vanderpump Rules is built around the restaurant industry. And meanwhile, instead of working to get the restaurant open, Tom Sandoval's doing his boy band practice and he's getting his nails done and he's uh, just not taking much accountability. So Tom Sandoval's longtime girlfriend, Ariana, who, of course, as we watch the show back, doesn't know yet that she's being cheated on. She's looking to freeze her eggs. And then Tom Sandoval says, are we even going to use these eggs? And it's like, well, that's why you freeze them, Tommy. You just, just in case. Allie mentions, Allie mentions why it's weird that she saw Sandoval and Raquel dancing at the Abbey at 1 a.m. The Abbey, if you don't know, is in West Hollywood's one of their premier gay nightclubs. Fantastic place to go to, by the way, folks. Always a ton of fun. But Tom Sandoval, now wh what would you guys do? If you were Tom Sandoval, he's in a long-term relationship. Would you be out at 1 a.m. dancing with another woman? Uh, you know, this is where it gets a little suspect. And then they uh, have Lala's birthday. She's single and wants birthday sex, as you do. Uh, uh, Raquel just found out that Oliver, the guy, the new guy she started kissing, isn't even separated from his wife. Guys, this is insane. Raquel calls Oliver's wife. They, they, sh they share secrets and receipts. Then we have Satchel, Katie's new guy, shows up to Lala's party with Katie. He looks like Kenny G's kid with the frizzly hair. Raquel meets with Oliver. Oliver says he's had his own place for eight months, but still sees his ex. Raquel cross-examines Oliver. He apologizes, says he made her look like a mistress, which isn't what she's like. Then Raquel arrives to Lala's party. Katie calls Sandoval out for his hanging with Raquel. And then Raquel apologizes to Lala for calling her a mist mistress. Lala tells Raquel she isn't a mistress. And of course, what we don't know at the time, at least as an audience we know, is that Raquel actually is a mistress as she's cheating on Tom, or I should say this, Tom's cheating on Ariana with Raquel. <gasps> Did you get all that? Are we there? Is that cause for emotion? And you might say, look, this is just insane. What, what kind of world do we live in where this is the you know sort of way we uh, just like uh, whittle down people's personal lives into entertainment for the rest of us? And I got to tell you, this is the United States of America, and this is the smuttiest reality show I've ever seen, and I can't look away, folks. It is a train wreck, and I am here to pick up the debris. All right. Uh, in other news, and there is a lot of other news, we've got Bachelor content to get to. Not really much happening on this uh, off-season 
season of The Bachelor, but we do have Dean Unglert explaining to his podcast partner on Help I Suck at Dating why he may have to use his brother for sperm in the chance that he is infertile. It's kind of a fun conversation. We make light of a rather serious potential issue, but here's our first clip of the day. Have a listen. Bachelor's Dean Unglert suggests using brother's sperm to impregnate fiance. Dean explains why the solution with his possible sterility that he came up with years ago feels awkward now that he's preparing to marry Kaylin Miller Keys. Yes, yeah, so this is a real article in a real quote unquote magazine. Is that is people still a magazine or is it a blog at this point? Rather than read the article, let's just go into the actual clip here. Here is from the Help I Suck at Dating. And it's always good for the podcast to get clicks. I mean, it forced me to click here. Will I actually listen to the full episode? Not for a million dollars, but here's a clip. I got my sperm test. I knew I was going to do it. So I didn't um, relieve myself, if you will, for like a month leading up to it, which is a long time. It was a so month? Crazy. It was a long time. Hey. Does does not relieving yourself for a month make the test any different? I feel like if they're going to test your sperm, they're going to test the percentage of sperm within the overall volume. Do you know what I mean? Not to be too graphic for those out there, maybe eating breakfast or something, but I feel like uh, waiting, it isn't going to help out. I don't know. Hey, when your testosterone is this low, you can do anything. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I've always thought I'm sterile. Well, the good news is we want to adopt if you are sterile. Yeah. And I always thought about too, like what I could do if I was sterile. And this is even PC pre Kalen. <laughs> we could take like one of my brothers. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, I don't want to say it because it's weird. Then you guys could just like go into the room Wait, for 30 you... minutes and you know. Oh my God. Are you out of your mind? Are you insane? Which... He goes, go into the room for 30 minutes. Clearly he's kidding here. Uh, <laughs> but Jared's like, are you out of your mind? Also, Kalen's like, honey, it ain't going to be 30 minutes if he's anything like you. Brother, well, that's the question that you would have to answer, right? <laughs> Not <laughs> sex with them. <laughs> if you got sperm samples from both and just mixed them. <laughs> just them against each other. I got my sperm test. We knew I was going to do it, so I didn't. All right, so Kalen suggests, I guess Dean has two brothers. Kalen suggests uh, lining his sperm up, maybe on some sort of metaphorical track and having them race hey i don't know do you maybe you maybe you don't want the fastest sperm maybe you want a sperm that's more agile you know i read this book called sperm wars uh but i didn't think i'd be talking about this today and it was actually fascinating in the book sperm wars it talked about the idea that not all of your sperm are created the same some of them actually have like different like barbs and stuff on their heads that are used. This is going to sound super graphic, but this is biology, folks. Uh, and maybe this is quack. I don't know. Just as I read it and I don't feel like looking it up. But they, they'll they use the sperm as sort of like um, in, infiltrate that are there to knock off a competing person's sperm. You know, it's like survival of the fittest. Either way, wild times. How to prepare for the test. For some people out there, you might need to be doing this. And I think we should normalize these conversations. It's a very healthy part of, I don't know if the birds and the bees. Do you need the birds and the bees talk from Dave here? When a man loves a woman. When a man loves a woman. He races his sperm with. <laughs> I know siblings are competitive, you know what I mean. But uh, tracking which uh, sibling has faster sperm, you just have like a uh, one of those like speed guns that goes by, like the cops do, and he's like forty-two miles an hour. Although I, I I've heard that uh, sperm actually travel at great speeds. Um, speed of sperm. Let's see. Let's see. The, we need to know this. How fast can sperm travel at the point of ejac? Sp- <laughs> 
Hit the like button. Sperm are traveling pretty fast. 28 miles per hour. That's this fast. That's fast. Once inside the uh, the lady, they can move very quickly. You know, I was raised Catholic when I can't say the V word without blushing. Within five minutes of ejac, sperm may have already reached the fallopian tubes. Oh, five minutes. That's a pretty fast time. We'll have to get, I'll have to get the uh, the race clock. I'll get my timer out there and we can see at around five minutes. It's like six minutes later, you're like, all right, you must have taken a wrong turn. Do we have ways? Did you print out some uh, map quest here? Take a left at the, take a left at the fallopian tube and then go right down okay um uh, how to prepare for your test in case you need to take one in order to have an adequate sperm count do not have any sexual activity that causes ejac for two to three days before the test however this time should not be longer than five days after which the quality can diminish okay all right so it says don't wait more than five days they always have these beautiful images here how do i get to this image here See if we can find this sperm. Changing sperm speed can influence offspring sex. Mouse study suggests technique can sort male sperm from female. So what are they trying to say? That women's sperm aren't as good at uh, driving down the tube? Okay, that's not that. That is not a stereotype we are perpetuating here. But either way, if you want a baby girl, don't have sex too close to ovulation. So goes a common belief, which asserts that sperm with Y chromosome, those make male babies swim faster. So you have a better chance of having a daughter if the sperm has to travel a long way to the egg. Yeah, what? The idea has no scientific merit. Well, most most old wives' tales, as they call them. Why do the wives have to be old? The tale is old. As the tale is old as time. Speaking of tales, how about a tale of a sperm? The old flagellum, baby. All right, we are. This is quickly turning into a top video of the year. Um, are we ovulating yet? Okay. Um, why? <laughs> <laughs> X and Y chromosomes aren't just different sizes. The X is about three times longer than the Y. Uh, well, that's what he says. I mean, she'd, she'd say, well, it's only like twice as big. They also contain different genes. In the new study, scientists use these genetic differences to sort male mouse sperm from female sperm. They zeroed in on a specific gene called toll-like receptor 7 eighths, which is expressed only in X chromosome sperm. And co okay, so they get into the science of it all, which doesn't matter. Other methods for sex selection, such as staining sperm with a dye and sorting by length of the sex chromosome are expensive and can sometimes harm the sperm cells or, or their DNA. The new method appears safe and is relatively cheap, the team asserts. If confirmed in other species, the strategy could be used for breeding livestock, such as dairy cows, where female animals are preferred. Don't expect to choose a sexier baby anytime soon with this strategy, though. Ethical concerns aside, there's no evidence the approach works in humans. All right, so they tested a few different mice. This is what happens, right? You do some tests that, you know, scientific testing always has a bias, whether you know it or not. There's always, it's very hard to have a controlled test. I mean, here, here is, uh, speaking about testicles, here, uh, all right, folks, it's a family show. But uh, here we have a love is blind story. Uh, Micah, uh, one of the, you know, soft villains. She got a tough edit here on this past season of Love is Blind being interviewed by Nick Vial. I'm going to share some of my favorite clips from this interview. Uh, I'll be quite honest, though. Did not think it was a strong interview, but that's because she wouldn't take the bait to offer any additional drama you know she she and, and for that reason i think she's actually not that bad of a person all right have a listen we're going to talk about the butt slap i didn't really cover this much at the beginning because i just thought it was so easily dismissed as just like a casual uh, instance where it looked like paul left the altar and smacked uh, uh micah's friend's butt 
They're going to show the clip here. Let's watch. Anyone or laugh in anyone's face. That's something that never happens. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the tap. Let's bring it up. The butt I tap? Know, it, was, it was discussed last night, but I feel it was like it was... slap around the world. Yeah. <laughs> we need to really break it down. I just can't believe it was shown on the reunion. Let's look at this. Okay, there's a smile there by the <laughs> yeah. end. Or by your, is that your friend? Yeah, that's that's my friend. So the friend spoke about the tap. Zach, um, uh, Zachary Reality actually covered it. Oh, I don't doesn't do I have? Oh, I have it right here. This is from a video from two days ago. Ruby has now taken to her Instagram stories to say this started out as funny and the internet reaching, but the comment about me liking it is extremely inappropriate. And just to clarify, I am and always will be Team Micah. Is All right. So anyway, that settles that. But let's hear them finish the conversation. Okay. <laughs> now, there's this little thing. Uh, okay, so I don't want to share the whole thing. Nick basically, and I don't disagree with him, he says, look, when a guy touches a woman when he walks by her, there's no need to do it. It's just this normalized thing. I, com I completely hear that point of view when that happens at a bar. But when Nick says only he's only had w uh, men do this to women, men never do it to him, I disagree. I think I think, and when you're in a crowded bar, everyone's touching each other to move around. But I understand the point. Um, I just don't, I, we don't get a f clear cut there. You know, we see what looks like a tap. And then afterwards, we see her kind of, moving her butt um but there's a someone crosses a path so i don't know i don't know what happened over there but no one's really making a big deal of it including micah she doesn't think it's a big deal but she does say that paul has been really weird lately so i wanted to pick up the conversation right there i don't know is it much ado about nothing i don't really i honestly just don't think it's that big of a deal but um he, nick's nick's kind of taken as like a big storyline and i don't know it's 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 for sure worth a conversation uh but let's go to Nick um, sort of prodding, is that the right word, prodding uh, Micah to give him the tea? About it? I, that's a whole... I she think might have not known what was going on. Honestly, all my friends are like two sheets to the wind at that point. So it's like, I don't think anyone knew what was happening. I don't know. Paul's being weird now. Now that you talk about it, I'm starting to get pissed. I'm like, if I'm calling after be, this, I'm I like, think what's you should be pissed. Deal? I think you should be pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of am now, <laughs> honestly. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but like from hearing from a guy perspective, I'm like, okay. No, I'm telling you from a guy's perspective, that was bullshit. And from another guy's perspective, I don't know. I don't know. There's something that might have happened there, but I wouldn't call it bullshit because we don't really know. All right, I'm about to show up at his hotel room after yeah. this. <laughs> um... On the topic of friends, like, yeah. I, I know there was obviously some criticism about, like, you and Irina in the pods, but yeah. after when, you know, you were introducing Paul to everyone, like, can you mm -hmm. shed a little bit of light on that? Because I think yeah. some people, it really rubbed them the wrong way For that sure. your friends weren't welcoming to him. And so, like, from your perspective, someone who's there, like, how did it go down? Yeah, watching it, I was rubbed the wrong way. I was like, is this what happened? This is not good. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I just yeah. don't think your friends are good friends to you. yeah. No, I hear you. This was a, it's a, an interesting conversation, but the the overall episode I think was really uh, lacking of true drama, uh, which is fine. It doesn't have to be drama, um, but you know, it, it's like we watched it play out, and we're really searching for a greater storyline that I just don't see there. Now, obviously, Micah's friends got hit really hard with people saying like, "Oh, they were they were bad friends," but Micah defends them and says, "No, they got to see Paul, and what we get to see now is maybe the friends had a point that Paul was like really just not that into her." The girl, I, I'm blanking on her name, butt tap girl. Oh yeah, and he's like liking her bikini pics. Well, yeah, there's just like there's some other data points here. Maybe so they're, they're going hard on Micah here. 
they're bringing a butt tap girl again and saying there's all these data points that she and Paul are liking each other's Instagram stories, which might be, there might be something to it. I, I don't think so. Not fucking, but like. But enjoying each other's attention. If I had an ex-fiance, I would hope that all my friends are ex and him as well. Yeah. Okay, well, here's. At this point, I just feel bad for Micah. It's a it's an untenable position to be in where she's got to defend her friends, doesn't want to take too much talk, doesn't want to talk too much trash about Paul. Just not a, just not a great scenario here. I don't know if I'd go ahead and call this a disaster, but it's just not a situation I would want to be in. Devil's advocate a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah. Paul and I, up until I saw the finale, were on really good terms. Okay. We had actually met up recently. I wouldn't say we were talking about like getting back together, but it was definitely, there was a lot of, it was like very emotional. Like there was some hand holding. Like it was like definitely, oh, there's still kind of feelings here. Oh. And, you know, maybe that's why everyone was still on good terms. They knew that there was still like some feelings in my heart. We weren't like exes that like hated each other. We were some, we were kind of trauma bonded in a way. Like there was still a little bit of lingering friendship even after our breakup. But after the wedding, did you guys date at all? Yeah, we did. You did. All right, so they tried dating, and it just didn't work out. She said he just wasn't giving her what she needed, uh, so kind of fizzled out, as it does. Uh, 118.05 here. Let's go to this next clip. Just going to barrel through this, because just, I don't know, I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe I'm in a bad mood. I, I just, I feel like this, ugh, you know, not too much going on here. What will happen, and just to stick around, is Micah will discuss how she thinks that because of the way she's received all this negative attention, that other cast members have distanced themselves from her. Like the days following the wedding, I was so broken, just like holed up in some hotel in downtown Seattle. Like, where do I go? Like, do I go back to Arizona? And I did go back to Arizona. But the night before I left, he came and we talked and we had a nice night. And it was good to see him again, but we kind of left it open. Like, I, we're not going to just like jump back into it. I'm still like her. Like, I think he was still feeling like, I don't even know if it's worth it kind of thing too. And then we kept talking um, like over the phone and stuff. And then... He said something along the lines of alluding to the fact we we're in a relationship. And I was like, with who? Like me? Because <laughs> right, so not this a- is interesting because they didn't have the relationship to find. And, and we saw Paul on TMZ the other day say, oh, she as soon as she dumped me, she just ran off with another guy to Europe. And he's and she's saying we weren't in a thing like we were not together. We might have been seeing each other. But, you know, you got you got to define the relationship. D-T-R. I feel like everyone is so afraid of being canceled. No one ever talked about anything. Like everyone was just like so tight-lipped about everything, all nervous about what was going to come out. I mean, I'm shocked at the accusation that Zach threw, threw at me yesterday being like, the girls here have been saying that you were never interested in getting married to Paul. I'm like, who? Okay. Yeah, and I feel of like course, everyone- no, one's, no one has mentioned that yet. So unless anyone wants to come out and talk about it, it's accusations on, on these reality shows don't really weigh much. How... Things were portrayed at the beginning in the, the Mean Girl edit and stuff. I feel like it really put a damper on my storyline. I feel like no one was able to kind of see like my journey with Paul and kind of see it as genuine and see just see those things. And I just wish I could have, you know, owned up to my part in it and kind of cleared the air there while also kind of, like, trying to explain like things are just not how they look. And while there is things I can learn from it, I can grow, I can be better, I can be less selfish. It's like, you know, things were taken so far out of proportion. I feel like it really just kind of changed the vibe of the show. It's like the show is just about falling in love, not about like the drama and the girls like lounge. 
I don't know. I think it was just, I just wish there was more time to dive into everything, I guess. Yeah, it's a gimmick. The show's a gimmick. You know what I mean? It's just a gimmick. And um, everything, every show's got its thing. You know, Bachelor has the fantasy suite, the rose ceremony, the two-on-one. They're all just gimmicks. They're putting people in non-normal situations and seeing how they do, which is fine. I came and Josh didn't show up to the reunion. Okay, so this is, this is the part that actually kills me. This is where they speculate as to why Josh and Jackie didn't show up to the reunion. We all know why. I'll get to it in a second. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't even make any sense. And I feel like that's where a lot of like, oh, they're not even genuine. They never even cared kind of comments came yeah. from. Do you think it was kind of a cop out that Jackie and Josh didn't show up to the reunion? I don't know why they didn't show up, to be honest with you. I'm really interested in knowing. I heard it was like way above everyone's like pay grades. So I don't know. I don't know. What I don't Maybe they didn't just Sounds come. to me like they decided not to come. Really? I can't imagine there's a world in where Netflix wouldn't want them to come. Here's the thing. Nick is dead, dead, dead wrong here. I love to comment, but I'll just paraphrase. Jackie and Josh were uninvited from the live reunion because Jackie was going to share receipts of Marshall using a transphobic slur. And now they still had that conversation, but they had it in a pre- packaged way they had it with vanessa already talking to them the netflix producers the powers that be of this show didn't want to have some wild conversation play out live on netflix a big debate over a hotbed issue they did not want that they didn't want that but it didn't mean they wouldn't include it they just wanted control over having that pre-edit this is so obvious to me we know that this is what happened Jackie wasn't nervous to go on the show. Like, that was a major storyline. I don't was, know why she wouldn't want to come. Was she was like, I'm bringing the tea, I'm bringing the receipt. It's not that she didn't want to come. She was uninvited. It's, I mean, she's just a big talker. Yeah, okay. Right, I so think they're dead wrong there. She chickened out. Yeah. And didn't want to get flamed and roasted and, mm -hmm. and was afraid that... Uh, no, because in the end, her receipts proved that she didn't cheat on uh, Marshall. But at the same time... It doesn't mean that she came off looking great. Look, it's all muddy, right? Some tweets come out of the way Marshall has spoken about uh, black and Asian women in his past. We don't, I, I, we don't, if we do report on it, we don't judge people that harshly because what someone said when they were a teenager on Twitter doesn't, to me, show me their character for who they are today. And we are just barrel scraping through this off season here. Like I said, not too much content to share with you, but hey, we're here to elevate each other and uh, bring out some interesting stories as they appear within Bachelor Nation. It seems like tomorrow we're going to have Rachel Recchia on Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine podcast with some other content coming out. I have an interview I'm going to be recording momentarily with a couple Love is Blind alumni to discuss mental health. That interview will be out on tomorrow's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. We'll have that coming to you to get you geared up for the weekend. In the meantime, hope everyone has a fantastic day. Can you believe we're already pushing our way to the weekend? Time is just flying by, and we will be back tomorrow. Don't forget, share us with your friends. If you're on any of the subreddits that this content pertains to, Bachelor, Love is Blind, any of the Facebook communities, anywhere that you might be able to share us with a new audience. We're trying to keep growing this dang thing. I appreciate all the support out there, all the reviews. Although, I'll be quite honest, we haven't gotten a new review this week. So, if anyone hasn't already, go on the Apple Podcast app and give us a nice, positive, and glowing review if you 
uh, if you see fit. I appreciate everyone out there. We'll see you again tomorrow. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Go